to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, as you already know, God has given me the mandate on how to divorce-proof your marriage. He's been doing this download, and of course, as the micro-spiral methodology, which he also downloaded to me, let's do a quick recap of the major points. And then I'm going to lay some foundation to some foundation that is not only about how to divorce-proof your marriage, but how to, how to have an excellent life. How, what, are the, what are the necessary things to have the abundant life that God ordained for us to have? From the beginning of time. So number one, we have an enemy. His name is Satan, okay? Um, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. He hates us with a passion, and he hates marriages even worse. Why? Because it's the exact image of God, the image of the Father, Yohevahe, the image of the Son, Christ Jesus, Yahshua Mashiach, and the image of the Lord God, Ruh HaKadosh, Lord God, Holy Spirit. So... Here we go. Then number two. Number two, you're dating your representative, right? And number three, God has given us an awesome, beautiful gift for just healing the marriage and keeping it whole and good. And that's supernatural sex. And of course, there are four laws of love, that if you obey these laws, then you will have a divorce-proof marriage. Law number one, the law of priority. Your marriage is number one. Law number two, the law of pursuit. You must continue doing the things you did before you got married. Law number three, the law of partnership. You are you are equal partners, but you have different roles. And law number for the law of purity and not just sexual purity, not but purity in your thoughts, purity in your mind and purity in your deeds and always thinking the best of your spouse. Right. Yes. All four laws. And of course, I talked about this. Number five, we have wounded souls and our souls need to be healed. We need our minds renewed. We need our our wills to be in alignment with the Father's will, and our emotions need to be bathed and purified with the blood of Jesus. We should not let our emotions rule us. So, what is this latest revelation that God has given me that is so powerful, so powerful that (laughs) I almost didn't make it here today. Almost last night might have been my last night on earth. And I knew that I had to get this word into the atmosphere. I knew that I had to get this out to the people. If there was no other word that I would ever do again, this is an important word. So let's get down to it. Okay, so we need to understand that we're in the middle. I don't know, Bill Willis Wilson, um, Metro um, Children, I think a Metro Ministry in um, Brooklyn, New York, came and gave a powerful word about in the middle. And it started this this revelation that just started pouring out of me. And what was he talking about exactly? As we approach Easter Sunday, the day of resurrection, he noted that 
Jesus had a part in his life where he was in the middle. In the beginning of his ministry, Gilgad, when he was in the wilderness, you know, he was able to handle his business. He put Satan in his place with the word from God, all coming from the book of Deuteronomy, the sword, the dagger. He drove it into Satan's heart and took him out for a season. And at the end, at the end of his ministry, as he's on the cross in excruciating pain, a pulp of flesh after the flogging. Oh, God, the flogging that he most people die from. They said they couldn't even recognize as a human being. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But in the middle, in the middle, in Gethsemane, in the middle, where he's betrayed by his friend Judas, in the middle, where Peter, James, and John, who were the inner circle, fell asleep under the, the oppressiveness of the heaviness of that night. In the middle, where the other disciples, a little bit further out in the garden, fell asleep. In the middle, Jesus, 100% humanity, the son of of God and the Son of Man, right? Oh, his humanity came in direct contact with his divinity. And for three excruciating hours, all the weights of the sins of the world started coming down upon him. The realization that he was going to be separated from the Father who he had never ever been separated from came down upon him and in his humanity he cried out father if it be your will take this cup from me and then he said it what again father if it be thy will Take this cup from me. He walked out to the garden. He asked Peter, James, and John, can you not just, just pray with me and pray with me for an hour? And when he went out that second time, they were still asleep because of the oppressive heaviness that was happening. And then finally, he went in the third time. Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me, yet not my will. But thy will be done. So something happened. Something happened in the middle. In the middle. In the middle. And then God sent ministering angels to minister to him as he prepared for his passion. As he prepared for the crucifixion, which he had told the disciples 14 times. Not once, not twice, 14 times that he was going to be crucified. And then he told them, what, seven times that he was going to be raised from the dead, right? And then five times he talked about the Holy Spirit and his part in enabling us to make it through our middle. Well, it was interesting. And why is this so relevant to how divorce proofing our marriage is because your marriage, our marriages come under extreme pressure, extreme pressure, forces from all over come and what? <sighs> Try to destroy our marriage. And we're in the middle, right? In the beginning of the marriage, 
good the honeymoon and if we make it at the end of the marriage we'll be holding hands with our gray head at the Thanksgiving table with our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren all sitting around us right so how do we survive the middle how do we make it over into the promised land how do we have the super abundant life? How do we, how do we make it past the mountains and the obstructions and the evil and the hatred and the lies and the deception and the mischaracterizations of people? How do we make it through the middle? Jesus, Jesus comes to us and just the night, that Thursday night, Jesus actually tells his disciples, be of good cheer. Again, I say, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He knows that they're going to be frightened out of their socks. They're going to be fleeing for the, for the hills. They're going to be in such great depression in a, within a few hours. Peter's going to deny them three times. Judas is going to go hang himself. Everybody's going to scatter except for the women, Marys, the Marys, Mary, the mother of God, Mary Magdalene, right? They don't flee. They're with Jesus to the end, which tells you a lot about women. But anyway, so what happens? What happens is Jesus says, be of good cheer. Wait a minute. How can I be of good cheer? Well, he told him 14 times he was going to be crucified. He told him seven times that he was going to be raised from the dead. He told him five times the Holy Spirit would be there to help them. But they didn't remember that. They had something to hold on to. Instead of Peter denying him three times, he could have remembered he's going to be raised from the dead on the third day. Easter Sunday was coming. Peter, James, and John and they could have held on in the garden. They could have pushed through because he's going to get crucified. Yeah, but he's going to be raised from the dead. Ah, and the Holy Spirit is going to help him, empower him, and empower us. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And now we get into this thing called the soul realm, the spirit, the soul, and the body. And this is the issue that we have to deal with. We need to understand this when we get married. We have a body. We have a soul. We have a spirit. The spirit is pure. The spirit is holy. The spirit is the spirit of Christ Jesus. The spirit is one with the father, one with the son, and sealed and with the Holy Spirit. We don't ever have to worry about the spirit. Our issue is the soul. Faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing the word of God. This is, what, this is what feeds our spirit. Faith. Faith comes from the word, from hearing the word. When we hear the word over and over again, faith, faith, faith fills our what? Spirit. So we have faith that our marriage, that our husband will be faithful to us. Faith that the wife will be faithful to us. Faith that we We'll submit ourselves to Christ Jesus and give our bodies as a living sacrifice. Faith that we're about our Father's business, the kingdom of God. Faith above all, God wants us to prosper and be in good health. Faith, faith, faith. But we must have something to couple with that, and that is our soul. Our soul has to be Renewed and transformed by the renewing of our mind, by the washing of our souls with the word of God. That same word. But now 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now we have the renewing of our minds, which is caused to take that same word that what gives us faith to take that same word and meditate on that word. Chew on it like a cow. Chew, 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 meditate on it until it permeates our mind. It permeates our will. It permeates our emotion. And we believe. Cling, cling, cling. Believe. In the soul, you believe. You believe that your spouse is going to be faithful to you. You believe that your spouse is a good person. You believe. You believe. That's different from faith. A lot of people, and even myself, I just got this revelation myself. You must believe. And a lot of people have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God but you must meditate on the word. You must saturate yourself with the word. Then you have belief. And guess what? The number one thing you must saturate yourself with, and that is the love of God. It is the love of God that creates the atmosphere for faith to thrive, for the soul to be transformed and renewed and cause belief. You believe God is good. No matter what, you believe that he is good. No matter how many bad things happen to Job in the end, what happened to Job? His children were killed. All, every, everything that he owned, his servants were killed. His livestock, his camels, his goats. He was the richest man on the continent. He lost it all to the point that his own wife came to him and said, curse God and die. But he said, woman, you're crazy. That's what Adam should have said to Eve. Woman, you're crazy. God told us not to eat of this tree. But Job said, woman, you're crazy. You're talking foolishness. He never died. He, he never released his faith in God. He believed God was good. He didn't understand what was happening to him. As we look at people today with the coronavirus, as we look at the people today that have lost their job, and we look at the people today that are going through sickness and disease, lack and poverty, and we look at people going through wars and the rumors of wars, and we look at what's happening in this world, God is still good. He is good. He is good. And he loves us. And it is that agape love that we acknowledge, that we acknowledge that enables us to have a divorce-proof marriage, that enables us to have the abundant life, enables our minds to be transformed. Yes, our wills to become in alignment with the will of the Father like Jesus did in the middle. Yes, if you're in the middle of a divorce, if you're in the middle of a divorce right now, stop right now. Stop and cry out to God to renew your mind, to renew your mind and think about the agape love of God that will transform your life and everyone around you. This is what Jesus did. Jesus radiated the love of the father. He came to introduce the people to the father, the real father, not the father that Satan is trying to perpetrate, not the father that's being perpetrated by, by our social media and, and the secular world. That's not the father. Our father is good and in his, in his tender kindness, his mercy, 
goes on forever. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son and he loved Jesus oh so very much. You can tell how much somebody loves you, but what they're willing to give up for you. And Jesus loved the father so much. Yes, he loved us, but he loved the father so much that he gave himself to redeem us from the curse, from death and destruction, and to restore us back to the father. In the middle, in the middle where your humanity comes, bumps directly into your what? Your humanity with your divinity. Yes, we have the divinity of Christ Jesus in us. And if we got Christ Jesus in us, then we have the Father and we also have the Holy Spirit. Because the Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one. This is powerful. We must saturate our minds with thoughts of love. We must saturate our minds with the things of God. This is why I almost died last night because I was not able to get to the studio yesterday when I normally do my recordings. And because of all the pressure, because of all this spiritual download that was so important to not only divorce proofing our marriages, but causing us to have the abundant life that God ordained for us to have. So let's do a, a, a quick recap of the power of what's going on. Let's go, let's reverse it. Reverse love. The fruit of the Spirit, number one, is love, 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 love. And out of love comes joy, peace. Out of love comes joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Against such, there is no Law. There is no law. We're redeemed from the curse. We're redeemed from the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law and he fulfilled every dot, every tittle, every word. He fulfilled every one of the messianic prophecies, every last one of them. Love. Jesus radiated love. He radiated love to Nicodemus, the Pharisee. He radiated love to Mary Magdalene. He radiated love to Lazarus, the dead. He radiated love to his, his, even Judas. He called Judas his friend at the end. He still called Judas his friend. He radiated love and love is the one force on planet Earth that the gates of hell can never, can never, can never prevail against. Hate is dissolved in love. One of the things that Godfather, my Godfather Doug Apple has been teaching me is about forgive preemptively, forgive in the very beginning. And when you love your enemies, when you love your neighbor, when you love one another, when you love your spouse and when you love yourself the right way, walking in wisdom. I ask God every day, God, I'm asking him right now, Lord, give me your wisdom, your insight, your understanding, your knowledge, the spirit of the Lord and the quick understanding and the fear of the Lord. Give me your wisdom. Give me your your spirit of might and your spirit of counsel and discernment of spirits. Yes. Yes. Love. The agape love. This is the necessary environment 
that helps your soul, which is the linchpin. The soul is the linchpin for the transformation of the body, for the body to radiate signs and wonders, right? The linchpin, the soul. It is a critical, the soul and love. When we realize that God loves us and even in our discipline, even when he disciplines us, we realize that he loves us because he only disciplines his children. He only disciplines those that he loves. Yes, love is the incubator. Love is the environment, just like Satan has to have fear, which he has propagated and perpetuated with this coronavirus. He has to have the atmosphere of fear, right? To, in order to do his deadly work, God must have faith. So let's, let's go back to love and its connection to faith. So we have to have the love. We need to concentrate on God's love. God loved us so much. His love is the perfect love. His love transcends everything. His love absolves everyone, even Adolf Hitler, if he would turn to the Father and uh, the atrocities that he committed. Love. Mm, mm, mm. So love is the environment. And how do we create that environment? We saturate ourselves with the word of God. We meditate on the word of God. We think about the love of God. We know that the father is good. And in the end, what happened to Job? Though Job said, though he slay me, yet I still trust him. Though he slay me, I still trust him. Children are dead. Wives told him to curse God and die. All his wealth is gone and his friends are not too much. <laughs> those those friends, so-called, so-called friends, they're basically telling him, you must have had sin in your life. You must have done something wrong. Well, he did do something wrong, but it was basically because he started sacrificing out of fear instead of out of faith. He was sacrificing because he feared that his children had sinned. And that fear was the gateway where his hedge was dropped and Satan was coming in to destroy him. Right. But he overcame that. But he never said he was, though he slay me, I will trust him. And what happened after that? He, his wife and his wife was reconciled. He didn't get a new wife. People say, well, what happened to, she said, curse God and that. Well, you know, she, it was her kids that were killed too. It was her wealth that was destroyed too. She just didn't have the strength like Joel, Job did, Job, in order to um, make it, right? She, she caved in. She didn't make it, but Job made it. And therefore she made it because they are one. So they had some more beautiful daughters. Matter of fact, some more children, right? The same amount of children he had in the beginning. He had the same amount of children. He so now his children were in heaven, and he had another set of children. And his daughters were the most beautiful in the land. And all the wealth, everything he lost, he got back double, double for his trouble, because he believed in God. He knew that God loved him. He trusted God despite his circumstances, despite his circumstances. Love, love will let you do that. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love, that's, I mean, that's what we have for our children. We love our children, no matter how the little bit of the rascals they become sometimes and the bad choices that they make that in some cases we try to bail them out of. Love, love. 
love, love. And with that love, it trans helps our souls to be saturated to the point that when we meditate on that word, thing, it becomes belief. We believe. We believe the word of God. We believe that God is true. God is truth. He is real and he loves us and he has a plan for us. And he has a good plan for us. And he wants our marriage divorce proof. And that love saturates the kingdom of God, saturates the kingdom of heaven, saturates our beings, our spirit. We are sealed with love, the love of the Holy Spirit. We are sealed within with the love of Christ Jesus. We are sealed in our spirit with love. And that's what enables us to take that word of God and break it open, activate it, and cause faith. Faith. This is why the enemy didn't want me to make it through the night. This is what he was trying to stop. Please listen To me, love is the key. Love is the key. And faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And saturate your soul with love so that the word can be meditated on it and meditated on it and meditated on it and meditated on it. And guess what? It becomes thing belief. We believe along with the faith and then the, the, the resurrection power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead goes through our spirit, through our soul. Our soul becomes transparent like a piece of glass and it goes through into our bodies and it heals our wounded soul. It heals our wounded bodies. Cancer can't stand up against this force of love, this force of faith, when it's combined with belief from the soul. Your marriage is saved. You don't have to get a divorce because the force of faith, the force of God, Hallelujah goes through your soul connected now with belief saturated with love and guess what your marriage is saved and divorce proof your life you walk around with signs and wonders and you refresh every everybody that you come in contact with their souls their spirits are refreshed by the spirit of Christ Jesus that now walks in you we will continue this discussion later I'm glad I made it through the night I'm glad I'm alive to tell you this today this is bigger than just divorce proving your marriage this is how you have the abundant life This is how you beat back the coronavirus. This is how you have promotion. This is how you lived the life God ordained for you to have from the beginning of time. I would like to close my broadcast with Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will You are saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Into the Gory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Dr. Edith Davis.